the magnitude of a prayer life and does God really answer prayers? Well, Dr. Deb Waterbury is back and we're talking about the magnitude of prayer. Welcome back, Dr. Deb. Thank you so much for having me. I always love all my time with you. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy that you're here. You just brighten my day. You always bring that joy, the joy that we spoke about the last time you were here. Um, but today I feel we're gonna... the same about you, believe me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. But we're, we're going to talk about, we're going to jump in and talk about the magnitude of a prayer life. What do you think about that? Well, you know, prayer life is, and I love that term because um, it's almost an oxymoron for the believer <laughs> because your life should be prayer and prayer should be life. I mean, that really is what it is. And a prayer life for a believer being a life of prayer, we're, there's nothing we can do without it. And I've, and I've learned that being that dependent on the Lord, where everything I do is about conversation with Him, is, is the only thing that's made ministry possible. It's made life possible, it makes relationships possible, but mostly it makes my relationship with Christ and with God so much more accessible because of the conversations. Prayer is, is, a, it's, it is relationship. It's relationship with the one I'm supposed to have relationship with before everybody else. So yeah, my life, my life should be prayer and prayer should be my life. Um, it needs to be. And of course, it's always a, a struggle because we got all kinds of other things we put in place of conversation with God, but so important. Yeah. In your um, walk with Christ, where did you see God really answer a prayer that you were really praying for maybe a long time? Uh, probably with my um, with my son. Uh, and I've spoken about, I think I've spoken about him with you before. And he's I always have this, I have his permission, obviously he's in ministry as, as well, but my son, he's now 34, married, um, vice president of a company in Iowa and doing really well and does ministry, goes to church, all the things, but he was struggled with alcoholism for many, many years. And, and, and from the time he was like 19 years old for about maybe 10 years, maybe 11 years, we walked through that and watching him. And, and sometimes it just looked hopeless. You know, there's just no way in any way that anything we saw that what we have now was ever going to be possible. But I knew that the Lord had promised that he would deliver my son. So every day, whether I've, I mean, I sometimes was balled up in a corner, sobbing my eyes out, but pray, just praying, Lord, this was your promise. And I know you love my son, that he belongs to you and that this is not your desire for him. So I just pray for deliverance, 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 deliverance. And we, for 11 years, uh, prayed nonstop every day. And in the worst times when he would disappear, when for six weeks, we didn't even know if he was alive. Um, prayer is the most effective and the most difficult in the very darkest times. But, and then, I, you know, I, I don't know why we ever doubt him. I spend so much time saying that. Why did I ever doubt him? But it's easy to doubt in the darkness. It really is. Uh, Cause you can't even imagine there'll be light again, but God is so faithful. And that's just one of the many times. The fact that I'm still married, that I am a pastor. I mean, for crying out loud, I was I was thanking him yesterday about that, that I get to counsel people, all the things I get to do when I, I was such a mess for the first 40 years of my life. Yeah. You know, praying for restoration and deliverance and all those things and God being more than faithful in all of, the, all of it. Yeah, I, you know, I love the way that he answers prayers. You know, he doesn't answer prayers 
sometimes right away. No. Sometimes it takes that 11 years of asking for deliverance. I know a lot of women that are praying for their children because, you know, they have uh, disassociated themselves with them. Mm-hmm. And I do know of a woman who just recently spoke to me about a, a, her daughter who had not spoken to her in many, many years is now coming into a relationship with her again. So, yeah. So we see so many answered prayers that way, but so many unanswered prayers. So how do you give hope to someone who's been praying in like the magnitude of their prayer life? Whenever they're not seeing any answers. Is that what you mean? Yeah. yeah you know, um, it is, a, it, beco- it becomes my perspective of God. That really is the place where I can continue to pray when in the circumstantial, when in the physical, I really don't see an answer. If my relationship with God, which is only established in prayer, only established in relationship, if that becomes stronger and stronger and stronger, and I build that, then even when I don't see a result, I trust that he is in in it. It's kind of, you know what I say often, and I've said it many times in one of my books, A Crack of My Vertical, when I'm in the middle of a, a situation that is not good, either I believe that God is good or not. And if I believe that God is good, even though this doesn't look good, I believe that it will be good. And so I have to, the only way that's all hinges on my believing that God is good, not that he does good things, but that he is by essence of his character good. And the only way I can know that is if I'm in relationship with him, which of course goes right back to prayer. So I think those times of doubt are natural and expected, but they are undergirded by how much I know of God if I spend that time with him. It makes me think about the expectation that we should have for our prayers to be answered one way or another, right? Because even though Jesus (laughs) prayed, you know, to his father, you know, Lord, take this, yeah, Father, take this from me, take in this hour, please, you know, and, and he, he, but the Lord just was faithful to, to his father Absolutely. And no matter what we go through, no matter how hard our prayers are being prayed, we may not see that answer, but in the long run, he has a better plan. Absolutely. And it doesn't necessarily mean that even his better plan is going to look like my better plan. You know, I had to let go of the expectation that somehow or another, my son would become the whole in the terms of what I thought would be whole. Do you know what I mean? And that it would be in my time frame, because of course I didn't want to live or have him live all the years of his life and find all of this truth in the last few days of his life. I didn't want that, but that's not up to me. And that's God's time. <coughs> Sorry. That's God t- God's time and all of that. And I have to recognize that there is a, there's a, uh, you know, the whole time issue. And I don't want to get into all the the esoterics of time, but we really do put God in that box of this is not happening. And so therefore you're not answering my prayer when God doesn't even exist in that box of time that we're talking about. Like he can see when it says he can see through the beginning from the end, literally he sees the moment of my deepest pain at exactly the same time as he sees my moment of greatest exaltation and joy in the same situation. It's not like he's looking down the corridor of time and seeing how it's going to turn out. He knows it instantaneously every single second of every day that we consider time. So understanding that time for me is just a construct. For God, it's a result. 
So over the years you've been counseling, you know, so many people, have you seen how they have trusted in the Lord in prayer and heard their prayers being answered? Oh my, yes, absolutely. A a lot. And obviously in biblical counseling, everything that we do, um, counseling is the byproduct of building relationship with Christ. So uh, as a biblical counselor, my first job, as is all of the counselors in my center, is to develop and help that client develop their first person relationship with Christ. And so, you know, Bible study and prayer and bathing everything there. So in terms of that, then we don't ever, if a client will stick with it, we don't ever not see results because that's who God is. He's a God of results. That's what he does. But it requires tenacity on our part um, and and on the parts of our client, recognizing that just because I don't see it now doesn't mean it won't be. And even when it is, might not be the way I think it's going to, it should be. But when I do see it, I'll recognize, oh goodness, that was the best thing. We don't ever not see that happen in biblical counseling as long as the client stays with us. So, you know, it's funny too. Sometimes it happens in a, like a flash, like everything will be bad, 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 bad. And we might be seeing them for a couple of months and it's just, nothing's getting better. And then bam, just, you know, either there, uh, there was one client I was talking to the other day and she was saying, things are so much better in her marriage right now, not because he's changed, but she's thinking differently. And because her perspective has changed and because her relationship with Christ has gotten so much more whole, she sees her marriage differently. So therefore she, she's like, oh, it's so much better. And I asked her, so does that mean he's doing this, this, this? She goes, no, he's the same. I just am beginning to see things differently. There's where answer prayer comes. Yeah. You know, you make me think again about my, my own situation many years ago when, you know, I had been praying the prayer, Lord, you know, what is it that I have to do here? You know, why isn't my husband changing? Blah, blah, blah. But then I I read the, you know, I, I believe it's Ezekiel where it says, take, take the stone from my heart, take out my stony heart. Yes. Yes. All I did, all I did was pray, take away my stony, my heart, my stony heart and give me a heart of flesh. Right. Absolutely. And I kept praying that prayer. And literally I started changing and it wasn't even really about him. Absolutely. 100%. Again, the reason I even wrote A Crack in My Vertical, which was one of the last books I've written, that one is is focusing on, are you frustrated? Are you scared? Are you angry? Are you afraid? All those things. If you are living in those things, there's, you've got to stop looking at people and situations. There is a crack, an issue with your vertical relationship. So if you can address, all right, I'm feeling really angry right now. I can feel angry, but the minute I choose to be angry, now it's no longer anybody's fault. It's now an issue here. So that means I need to get back with my father, back with my Lord, pray, restore this relationship or bring this relationship and my perspective into a right place. And then it doesn't even really matter what happens over here. It doesn't mean you're not going to feel angry or you're not going to feel sad or you're not going to feel those things. But in prayer, I'll recognize I don't have to be those things. And the only way I don't have to be those things is if I pray and restore that relationship. Yeah. Wonderful advice and and help for so many people out there who might be struggling with everything. (laughs) As we all do. (laughs) As we all do. And so, you know, how has God answered people in his time and way? Hmm. Oh, well, uh, it's, um, I had, we had a couple coming to us um, 
And they came for a long time, me and my husband, and he was not a believer. Uh, matter of fact, he was an atheist. And she was, um, you know, a believer, but just so, I hate to use the word codependent because I don't like that worldly term, but that's because that's really an identity issue, but so wrapped up in she's not going to be happy unless he's happy and he's not happy because he doesn't know Jesus. And when she started coming, Jeff and I, the way we do counseling is we meet together one time as a consultation with the couple, and then he has to agree to see Jeff for a period of time and she sees me for a period of time and then we'll come together and do actual marriage counseling because we recognize this can't work until this is working um, individually. So wait, but, who is uh, Jeff? Who is Jeff? So I'm people sorry, know. Jeff's my husband. Okay. <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> marriage counseling together. And so he, and he's a counselor of men. I counsel women. And so he would, and the, all my counselors in my, in my practice do that. It's, a man and a woman. And sometimes they're not married. It's just, you know, two counselors, but we want the woman represented and the man represented. So we never have a couple come in where they're going to have marriage counseling by just a man or just a woman. Um, it's a couple counseling, a couple, but we, we require individual first. So she and I had, were on our individual place and it was, you know, six, eight weeks in. And, um, and she said, I, there is not, he's, there is nothing happening. Like this is not working. He is he is exactly the same. I don't know what your husband's doing over there, but he's not changing. He's exact. He still doesn't believe in the Lord. And so my husband and I talked about that night and he was feeling, you know, my husband was feeling frustrated, too. He's like, Deb, I just don't know what to do because he doesn't. We do the same thing. We're doing Bible studies. I'm introducing him to Christ. And he's just like, whatever, whatever. And I said, sweetheart. It is not our job. It's the Holy Spirit's job. So what we do is just continue to pray, have his wife continue to pray, keep leading him in that direction. And I'm telling you, it was I think it was maybe a few months and she was ready to throw in the towel. And and it's just when the Holy Spirit decides to do his business, he does his business. And this couple is they are I mean, he is in the church. He is on fire for the Lord. Their marriage is growing because of the diligent prayer that did not happen in her time. Doesn't happen in my husband's time or my time. I mean, often as counselors, we have to be just as reliant on God's timing as anybody else because it can get frustrating. What a great story. That's really going to help somebody, I think. Yes. There is no, there's no, there's no too late in anybody ever, never, ever, ever. And I will say that with such definitive, uh, a definitive posture, it is never, ever too late and it never, ever takes too long. Yeah. Yeah. So anybody that might be giving up on their marriage out there, listen, take heed. God yes. wants you to stay together and let's, Unless something terrible is happening, like I don't know, the guy's beating you or Absolutely. something's happening like that bad, you know, then, you know, ask God to come in and try to change that marriage. And Absolutely. And it is pray. a heart issue. It is 100% a heart issue. Always. My perspective of my marriage can't be about whether or not Jeff is fulfilling my needs. Absolutely. My perspective on my marriage has to be my prayer and my personal relationship with Christ. And it's so founded on that. My marriage is so founded on the ideals of God, which it can't be if I haven't had a prayer life. It yeah. can't be if I don't have conversations every day with God, because then my life is focused on whoever's in front of me. Instead, I need my life focused on the God who's in front of me. And he can only be in front of me if I'm praying all the time. Yeah, yeah just words of wisdom. Thank you for, for uh, sharing that with the audience. So um, how can they find out about your book, The Crack in My Vertical? Mm -hmm. And where can they find out about you? 
Um, all that can be done at my website, debwaterberry.com, all one word. Um, or the books are all on Amazon, um, but you can buy them all at my website as well, debwaterberry.com. And it tells that the website will tell you all about uh, my books, about my the academy that I have online for people to get qualified to be a biblical counselor, about my biblical counseling center called The Answer. And it also have information about my school in Africa. Wonderful. And what would you like to leave my audience with today? You know, I, I say this often to people. Um, prayer is obviously always conversation with God, and you can't know someone you don't have conversation with. But I want to encourage people, especially those people who you know are like, "Oh yeah, I pray all the time." Begin to pray out loud. Um, it is the it is when I'm speaking to the Lord in my head, I'm having a beautiful conversation with Him. But the minute I start speaking to Him out loud, I enter into warfare. And we are we are in a season right now where we are, this is really a battle. It's a battle that's part of a much larger war. And we have to begin to see it that way. And our biggest tool, the tool that is at our, at our disposal is our prayers. That's literally what will defeat the enemy our prayers. We think it's going to be all the stuff we do, all these ministries, all the stuff we do. And that is helpful, but our the enemy will be defeated by prayer. And there's nothing wrong with praying in your head, but man, you do it out loud where the enemy can hear, where his minions can hear and battle begins. Um, and that's where we fight. So it's so much more than just my personal comfort and my personal blessings. This is a time to take up arms. And we as believers take up arms in prayer. You might ask, what good is prayer? I don't see God answering, but I do say to you, pray and wait. You may not see God's answers now, but they're coming. Sometimes it's immediate. Sometimes it's years, but he is faithful. Don't lose heart. The Lord is listening. And Paul tells us in Ephesians 6.18, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Ask, seek, knock, never give up. Do you listen to the call of God? Because God speaks to you every day. Are you listening to the call? What sound is heard? Only by the heart.